Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hi, welcome to episode 21 of the Website Coach Podcast. And this week, I've got something different for you. This week, I'm delighted to introduce my first ever guest interview, and it's the wonderful Caroline Kings. Caroline's a freelance writer, and in this episode, we talk all things copywriting, whether you're writing your own copy or whether you want to bring in a professional copywriter. But we also talk about uh, networking too. So there's lots in here that I am sure you will um, you will learn something and hopefully you will enjoy our chat. Enjoy the episode. Caroline Kings is a magician with words. She's a freelance writer who specializes in blogging for business. She also loves transforming websites through copy, creating email marketing campaigns and proofreading other people's work. She says she loves meeting people and hearing their stories, as well as helping them achieve their goals. I've known Caroline for the past few years. She's ghostwritten blogs for me, written website copy for websites I've built, and listened to my ramblings. She's very good at what she does. So welcome to the podcast, Caroline. Thank you very much, Marie. What a lovely introduction. That's really, really kind of you. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. It's, uh, it's definitely all men- meant. So can you start by telling me what you do and how you came to do that? So I call myself a a freelance writer um, because when I started out, I wasn't really sure where where writing was going to take me. I used to be uh, working the city in finance. But when I was a little girl, I absolutely loved writing. I used to write stories. I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, but for whatever reason, that didn't happen. And I went into finance, which I, which I loved, um, had two children and decided to step away from there. I was uh, a mum for a few years, you know, not, 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 not getting paid <laughs> for work, uh, just being a mum, which I really, really enjoyed. But I sort of had itchy fingers, itchy feet or, you know, an itchy brain. I, I wanted to do something, but I wasn't really sure what to do. So I started a food blog in, in Tunbridge, in the town where I live, which was really to encourage people to eat out locally. Tunbridge was going through a resurgence and it was great to see empty units being filled up and I, with, with cafes and eating places. And I really wanted to say to people in Tunbridge, you know, if you don't shop in these places then, or eat in these places, then, you know, they'll close down again. So I started a food blog um, and I also went on a successful mum's course, um, which sort of taught me what I could do with my blog so the blog kept growing and I couldn't believe that I had followers and it was sort of a bit it took me by surprise really I didn't think anybody would read what I was writing Um, and then I interviewed a local coffee shop owner who was doing really really well and um, luckily he loved the blog that I wrote about him and his business and he got in touch with me and said would you like to to write my website copy and I still remember that phone call vividly. Um, and of course, I agreed. And from that point, when I realized that people were willing to pay for my writing, um, I decided to set up, uh, set myself up as a freelance writer. And, it, and it's just gone from there. So that was how it all started. Uh, I actually started with website copy. 
Um, but because I'd had this sort of blogging background of my own with, with the food blog, um, you know, I knew that I could also write blogs. So um, I've done, I've done a bit of everything really. I've written reports for governments. I've uh, done lots and lots of blogs. I've, I've written copy for websites, email marketing, all sorts of things. Um, but at the, you know, the crux of it all is that I absolutely love to write. And it's interesting because that's a number of different things that you write about and they've all, they're all quite different. I think the other thing that, that certainly has struck me since I've started working with lots of small businesses and coming across lots of copy is it's different kinds of words to what we were taught at school. We're taught to write in a very different way. And I agree. And it's, and it's interesting because some people who were very good at writing words, they struggle with website copy. And, and why do you think that is? So I think that we've sort of been conditioned to believe that, you know, put something in writing has got to be quite formal. Mm-hmm. And I think probably younger people don't have that same hang up as perhaps my generation and older who have always thought that, you know, writing is, is a formal way of, of communicating. Um, so I think that's maybe why some people struggle with website copy is that they think that it's got to be quite formal. They can't just be themselves in it. They can't write as they would speak. You know, they can't use slang or colloquialisms. Um, they've got to, you know, have full sentences that don't begin with and and but, and they, they can't end in a preposition and kind of all those rules that maybe they were taught as, as children, they, they still cling on to because they really believe that writing is a formal way of communicating. And, you know, in this day and age, when we've got text and, you know, email and social media, you know, writing is, is definitely not um, a formal way of communicating at all. So I think that's why there's maybe that um, disparity between the two. That's definitely something that I have noticed. I often get website copy from clients and initially it it is very formal. And certainly one of the things that I try and say to my clients is to write as if you, as, as you speak and exactly that it's perfectly fine to start sentences with and and but, and I know my English teacher would, you know, be tearing their hair out um, the way I write now, but it's, it is, it is very different to, uh, to the way that we were taught at school. And in fact, my children still are taught at school. Yeah. I mean, it's much more engaging if you can write in a, in, in the way that you speak and, you know, it immediately puts people at ease and they feel much, much easier reading it. I mean, as soon as you start, you know, if you re- receive a letter from a solicitor that, that is written formally, you do, your whole body sort of reacts differently and you, you really pay attention and you're quite alert to what you're reading and it's, you know it has a sense of gravity about it, whereas a website shouldn't make you feel like that. You know, if you want to engage with your customers, you've got to make them feel at ease with you, whether you are a firm of solicitors or whether you're a firm of, I don't know, balloon makers or something, you know, you've still got to be able to engage with your customer. I think that's very true, uh, definitely. And good copy is really important to converting clients. And why, why do you think copy is so important so I suppose as I've just said really you know the engagement is absolutely critical the website for for some businesses the website is their only shop window or their only you know place of premises they don't have a bricks and mortar unit 
And so you've got to be able to draw people in to your, to your shop, in inverted commas. And the way to do that is to engage with them and to, um, to talk to them on their level. So, you know, if you are a firm of solicitors, you can be relaxed and put people at ease, but you can still convey, you know, some of the serious matters that, you, that need to be conveyed about how you're going to be professional, how you've got integrity, how confidentiality matters, you know, how, how you know what you're doing. Um, and if, if you can't engage with people, they're not going to go anywhere else on your website. I mean, what I always say to my clients is let's think about a website where you've, you've got onto that website and then you've straight away come off it because it's, it's badly written or it's badly designed. And you've got to think about being the opposite of that. You want to have good copy that engages you, that makes you want to browse elsewhere and get to know that business a little bit better and then hopefully you know buy from them or sign up to the service or whatever the, the business is offering yeah I, th- I think you're absolutely right and I was liking it to going into a local firm of solicitors a few years ago and it was a it was very formal and I remember my husband and I were sat in this sort of waiting area and the, there were wooden floors and you could hear the click clack of heels and there were some very old pictures on the walls. And my husband and I, I sat there in silence because we didn't dare talk to each other. And we felt really on edge rather than yeah. welcomed. And it was the same with the sort of greeting that we got. And actually, once we got into the meeting room and met the, the lawyer that we were chatting to, it was absolutely fine. And it was much more relaxed. And I thought, I don't really feel very welcome here, actually. And I think your website is, is similar. You want people to feel welcome as soon yeah. as they... Uh, land on the the first page that they land on wherever that might be exactly yeah um if somebody is writing their own copy for their website what what tips do you have for them so um again this is something i say to my clients is think about how you use a website so most people are are time poor and so they if they find a website which might be able to help them with whatever they're looking for they're very quickly trying to go through and find the answer to their question. So they don't necessarily want, you know, reams and reams of writing. They want to be able to scan it quite quickly to find the answer to their question. But you don't want too many tabs, which I I know is more your sort of side of things with regard to design. But when it comes to the web copy, it's got to be easy to read, lots of white space so it doesn't look overwhelming. So, So nicely written sentences, which are concise and helpful and, and, and can direct them elsewhere around the website so that would be one of the things like to think about is how do you use a website and then you need to make your website emulate that um, you want to keep people on the website so engaging content and encouraging them to to move around so maybe you know if on your home page you might want to direct them to your news or your blog page so that they can read more about you and start to, um, you know, trust you because they're not going to buy from you until they trust you. And sometimes a blog is a really good way of um, conveying your personality, your your authenticity, your integrity, whatever it is that's important to your customers about you. Um, that's a, a really good place to to demonstrate that. So you, on your homepage, you want to show them maybe your shop, your blog. Um, If they want to learn more about you, send them to the about page. If they want to get in touch, if they've got a question. So you want them to move around the website. The more time they spend on your website, 
the more the, the more likely they are to engage with you and engage with your services. So you've just got to keep the copy engaging, informative. Don't waste their time with, you know, rubbish, uh, things that they don't necessarily need to know. You can always put that in a blog, not that it should be a rubbish blog, but, you know, the extra fluffy information can go in a blog as evergreen content, as something that you can always send out to prospective clients as well. If you've got a really good blog about, I don't know, the process of engagement with, with the client um, and maybe a good case study about how it's worked, that's the kind of thing that you can put in a blog, send out to a client. So yeah, keep it engaging. Um, be authentic. So don't try and be somebody that you're not because it, it will, um, you know, you'll fall foul of it eventually. So this is really important for founder-led businesses. You know, if you're an Apple <laughs> kind of size organization, it's slightly different. But if you're founder-led, you know, don't try and be somebody uh, that you're not because ultimately it will come out in your customer service or, you know, just the way that you communicate with people, they'll realize that it's not your voice that's actually resonating throughout the website. So yeah, so think about how you use a website, keep the website engaging so that uh, the copy engaging so that people will browse around the website and stay on there. And then thirdly, just be yourself, be authentic. I think that's, that's very good advice. And I know certainly on the last one, I came across somebody who I met somewhere and they were very funny, um, very informal, and, and just a bundle of energy. And I went on their website and it was very, very formal. And you think, is this the same person? And it also, I think it breaks the trust if, you, yeah. if you've got that sort of disconnect between, you know, how somebody looks in real life and what they look like on their website or, or, or their tone of voice, et cetera. The, and that breaks, breaks trust. Can well, we... I think in that example, what I would have suggested as well, if that person's personality was so strong, um, is that they actually maybe have a video on their website of them and them engaging with the, with the customer because, you know, you're the best ambassador for your business. You know, you're the face of your business. And if you've got, if you're lucky enough to have one of those, you know, really charming, um, charismatic personalities where you can make people laugh and, and, you know, just really sell your business yourself, then video is, is key, you know, is key to your website and to your success. So when I speak to clients, I quite often say to them, I think video would work better here. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't have the written word underneath, maybe um, sort of summarizing the business and, and sort of replicating maybe what's in the video, but it gives a chance for the person, for the, you know, the business uh, owner's personality to really come through. And they sort of look at me as if, why are you sort of getting yourself out of writing some words here and you know, doing yourself down? But ultimately, I want the business to be a success, whoever I'm working with. And if video is the best way, then video is the best way. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, that, that's good advice. Can we just go back to blogs? Because I'm a huge fan of, of blogging. And in fact, I've written rather a lot of blogs on my website, some of which you've written. But a lot of my clients really struggle with what to write for blogs what to, what subjects to write about on their blogs and blogs have come on a long way since the days when they used to be more of a diary social media has sort of taken over that role and what how do you think people can come up with ideas what 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 their, what should their blogs be about well funny you should say that marie because i'm actually thinking of doing my first reel for caroline kings on blog ideas but i'll let you in on a few secrets um so i think there's a really wide variety of blog content 
And what I say to clients uh, is that it's nice to have a bit of texture to your blog page so that they're not all the same type of blog because to make it engaging and interesting, you want to mix it up a little bit. So, you know, you could talk about a, a product or a service that you offer and really do a deep dive into how that works. You can always talk about your story and how you, you got to where you are to inspire others. Competitions, top tens that are related to your business. Um, I, I know for one client, we once did, uh, I don't want to sort of disclose the business because, well, actually she's a childcare agency. Like there are millions of childcare agencies. Uh, we did at Christmas time, like top 10 nanny films, you know, things like that, which aren't necessarily going to um, drive more business for her, but it's a bit of fun. And, you know, you could go through the list and go, oh, yes, I've seen that one, haven't seen that one. You know, it was something that was engaging. Um, you can do interviews with other people that are related to your business. Case studies are always brilliant because people can read those and go, oh, yeah, okay, I can see how she works now. Um, talk about processes. There's so many different ideas, um, I think, that um, you know, a blog should never be should never be boring, and I think there's always inspiration to be there's always inspiration out there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I know I sometimes at times when I'm sat in a car waiting for a child to pick up from practice or something like that, will sit with a notepad uh, or, or my phone and just literally just try and brainstorm ideas. I think when you're sat at a computer thinking I've got to write a blog post, all of your ideas drive. So another idea for a blog piece is something that's topical something that's in the news uh, you could do a deep dive on that particular um, issue that's related to your business you could explain both sides of the argument topical uh, blog content is really really valuable especially if you put it on social media and you use the right kind of hashtags because people might be looking to learn more about that particular issue and if you can fill that information gap um, then that, that's really valuable, valuable to you. You come across as somebody trustworthy, you've got gravitas, and you might attract more followers and more followers may lead to more business. So something from the news is always a good idea. And I think you've raised a really important point as well, which is sharing it then on social media. And certainly that's something I don't do, not, do enough of, but is, you know, we all struggle with what to post on social media. And if you've written a blog, repurposing that, chopping it up and putting it on social media and also the long form content and linking back to your blog is a good way of attracting a new audience and also um, people who already know you. Yes. And I mean, I think, you know, people who are following you, they want to learn more from you. Um, that's why they're following you in the first place. Um, and that's what I say about email marketing as well. People that have signed up to be on your email distribution list, um, they actually expect to hear from you these days. Um, so make sure you really use your um, capacity to, to send them emails and, you know, think about what you want to put in that email marketing as well. But both ways, email marketing and social media are great ways of, of kind of building your audience and hopefully you'll be able to convert them into business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we move on, obviously people can and do write their own copy, but there are also times when actually, you know, I'm a big believer in outsourcing as much as possible and staying within your zone of genius. And for some, a lot of people, copy is something that they do struggle with. So when is the right time to bring on board a, a copywriter? So most of my clients have employed me for two 
two, two fundamental reasons. One is they haven't got the time to write, but know that they should write. And two is that they hate writing and just don't like it. They haven't got any inspiration for it whatsoever. The thought of sitting down and writing is absolutely abhorrent and you know they, they'd much rather pay somebody else to do it. So I think if you fall into either of those two camps, you know, don't struggle on. Um, definitely outsource it to somebody, somebody like me or somebody from my writers group. You know, we, we all love writing uh, and we can't think of anything better than being sat down at our desk and, you know, tapping away and coming up with ideas. So, I mean, I would, yeah, they, they're my typical clients and, and the reasons why they've come to me. And then when it comes to choosing a copywriter, um, you know, there are, well, there's lots of us out there, but there is also lots of work to go around. Some copywriters, unlike me, have a specialism, which they have worked really hard to, to hone. So um, I know quite a few travel writers, food writers, um, interiors writers. You know, these people really know um, their, their, their field exceptionally well and can write about it easily. I, I personally like to write about lots of different things. That's what I love about my job is that I get to learn about lots of different industries businesses and people so I don't have a specialism per se I'm happy to write about about anything I haven't had anything yet that I've said no I'm not happy to write about that I'll give it a go um and luckily they've all been successful and now there's a challenge (laughs) (laughs) um I did have one blog which once took me nine hours because it was exceptionally technical and medical so it has made me think about how I might price that in the future but would I necessarily turn it down? I don't know. Um, and then when it also comes to the copywriter, make sure you get, get along with them because if you want to build a successful relationship, you've really got to get in, you know, the copywriter really needs to get to know you, needs to get to know your voice, um, where your business is going and where you want it to go so that they can help you on that journey. They, um, they might need to, you know, hear some quite sort of personal thoughts from you on, how did you get to this point? What made you set up your own business? And some of that, you know, could have some personal overtones. So they, they, you've really got to get along with them and, and be able to build up a rapport. And once you've got that relationship, you know, I've actually had a client yesterday left me a voice note on WhatsApp saying, is there any way you can write me a blog for tomorrow on X? I think he's going to be really, really great for my website. And you know what? It was a really great idea. And sure enough, you know, I started jotting some notes last night and I said, look, I can deliver this within, you know, the next 15 hours, which is basically what it was. And I sent it off today. But we have that relationship where I've worked with her for so long that I know her tone of voice. I know what's going to work for her website. And, you know, I can I can turn it around really quickly. There isn't there wasn't much for me to have to, um, you know, learn from her. So it's very important, I think, to have a good relationship. And not every copywriter will suit every customer. Um, And then lastly, um, how do they work? So, you know, some people use lots of different apps to sort of track pieces of work. um, And they might want things sent over in PDF format so that um, a client can't annotate the the blog. You know, I'm I'm not necessarily that copywriter. Or, and I don't have client, a lot of customers who like to work that way. I have had some in the past that like to use apps um, 
and online platforms to track the progress of work. But you know, for some people that could be a real deal breaker and they might say, well, I don't want to work like that. I want to keep it really nice and simple and just you email it to me and I look at it and I send it back to you and say, I don't like that and I don't like that. Um, so just make sure that you're, you know, the way that you work is compatible. That, that's that's uh, good advice as well. Um, I know one of the things that I often get concerns people have about a website designer is whether we will get their vision for their business and understand their business. And I think it's similar with copywriters, whether you will get their voice. And I, I guess that's a concern a lot of people have about working with a copywriter. Will they, will they sound like me? Will they get my voice? How do you overcome that kind of concern? I mean, so, I would challenge anybody to read my blogs. You do have to go back a while to find one that's Caroline's written yes. and find one that, is, that stands out as being written by somebody else because they won't. So um, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I wrote for somebody a few years ago and um, she rang me up and she said, I really like what you've written, but you've used the word orthodox in it. Uh, and she said, I would just never use that word. Uh, it's not a word, you know, if my friends were to read this, they would say, Jane hasn't, hasn't written that. And um, that's a really, really good example. And it's an example I give to clients is that, you know, there will sometimes be times when I use some, you know, phraseology or vocab that it's just not you. Um, and that's okay, because I don't know every single word and every single term that you use. The way that I get to know people is you know, just chatting to them at the beginning when we have those first few meetings and first few calls and just starting to understand the industry that they're in, their voice. And, and it, again, it goes back to being authentic to them. Um, and then lastly, and I, I don't know whether I'm sort of, I don't know, breaking the rules of copywriting here or certainly breaking my rules, but a lot of people want to sound the same. You know, everybody wants to sound professional but approachable and they want to engage with people through, through the written word. And so aside from a few quirks here and there, depending on the industry and how sort of formal we need to be, because sometimes we do need to use formal language, depending on, on the client, it's, it's, not as, it's not actually as difficult as people think. Um, so well, at least I don't find it difficult. I, I think that because most people want to come across in a very similar way and as you get to know people you just start to almost write like them you know it, using sort of language that they would use but still keeping it approachable um but professional with authority people want to be able to speak with authority about their subject because that's how they build up trust with the customer but yeah it's it, it's not as difficult as it sounds and actually, I think it's also using language that will resonate with an ideal client, because, yeah. you know, if you have an ideal client, I'm working with somebody at the moment who is, um, who makes wedding cakes and her, depending upon her demographic, they will relate to different kinds of words to a slightly different demographic. Oh, yes. My children will yeah. use, will use very different language to describe something that's good to what I would use. And, and I think it's understanding what an ideal client will resonate with as much as the, 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 the voice of the person who's writing it. I agree. I, I agree that you do have to adapt to your audience. 
But at the same time, you know, if Marie, if you started using the language that your children use, <laughs> it wouldn't sound like me. It wouldn't be authentic to you. So as much as you have got to cater for your audience, you've kind of got to meet them halfway at being authentic as well. I think that's, I think that's right. Um, is there anything else on copy in terms of advice? I want to talk a bit about networking, but, but is there anything on, on copy before we move on that you would, you'd like to add? Well, I, I mean, I would just say to people, I think I did a post actually on my social media the other day about just writing for five minutes and just giving it a go, you know, to get those creative juices flowing and, you know, don't be, don't be scared of, of having a go at doing it yourself. Just if you're worried about being creative, like I said, do the five minute practice a little bit beforehand, maybe every day, just to just write about anything. But then I would also say, please do use your spell check. You know, please do use things like Grammarly. Please do check that you're not repeating words throughout, use a thesaurus. Um, and, you know, do get somebody, if you want, a friend or a professional to proofread it. Because as much as we, we talk about colloquialisms in formal language, you know, something like bad spelling can, can still put people off. Um, because they think that your website looks unprofessional. So do give it a go, but use all the tools that are available now on laptops, all the apps that are there. And, um, and yeah, you know, just make sure that it, it's all working well from a punctuation, spelling, grammar point of view. I, I we haven't agree. even talked about keywords, I've just realised as well. But anyway, that's a whole <laughs> different subject. We'll have to get you back on to talk about keywords <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and SEO in terms of blogging. But that's a very good point in terms of spelling and grammar. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be as your English teachers have taught you, as we said earlier on. But certainly I get put off when I see websites which have got very obvious mistakes in them. It's yeah. not a case of just being, speaking as you, as you would do or writing as you would speak. But I know my my uh, pet hates are the things like your and your getting mixed up, um, and, and you know that's that's something that is easily fixed if you get somebody who can read through and just pick up those kind of small mistakes. I I pick them up in clients' work if I spot them. Uh, it yeah. doesn't happen very often, but it, it it does. I think it does put people off a website. Yeah, I would agree. Can we talk a bit about networking because you are. The, the, I think probably the most connected person I know, certainly locally, you, 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 you know everybody. And, and that's been, well, can you talk about actually how important that is in terms of actually building your own business? Um, so I, I really enjoy networking, uh, but I think it gets a bad rap. And I know that a lot of people don't like it because they have an image of walking into a room of people that they don't know and having to start talking. I don't suffer from shyness, and suffer is maybe the wrong word for those people that are shy, and I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard. And I can imagine it, it is daunting to walk into a room of people you don't know. But, you know, I have networked, in inverted commas, on dog walks. I've met people at, at play groups, um, and they haven't necessarily become clients, but they've become part of my support network people as you said that I connect with and can then refer on for other pieces of work my best networking in inverted commas 
or my be- my my most weird networking was I went to a secret cinema event for Stranger Things and I met somebody there in a queue. We got chatting. Turned out she worked worked in food and drink as well. This was when I was still writing my food blog, and she came along to an event. So it really can happen absolutely anywhere. It doesn't have to be that awful feeling of walking into a room and you know having to stick your, your hand out and shake hands and say, hi, I'm, I'm Caroline, I'm a freelance writer. Why does networking matter? I think it matters because you, you just build up a really great network, excuse the, the term, of, of fellow people who are kind of on the same wavelength as you. They might be further on, they might be up and coming, but you end up with a a group of people that you can call on for support if you need help with something. You can refer work to, and everybody likes to have work referred to them. You know, it's it's really nice when work comes your way, especially as a freelancer. Um, And you end up learning a lot about other people's businesses, which then feeds into your business and also feeds into conversations. You know, the number of new clients I've taken on Um, And I don't necessarily know a great deal about their industry, but just through chatting to people, which is all networking really is, I know a little bit, which makes me sound a little bit knowledgeable. Um, And so then they automatically engage and they're kind of like, oh, you know about that. All right. okay. well, let me tell you about this. And, And then, you know, you've made a connection and, you know, hopefully we can work together. So. If we, you know, get rid of the word networking and call it chatting, then I think more people would be willing to give it a go. Um, I also set up a writers group, as you know, Marie, which is a network of writers. Um, I set that up because I was meeting more and more writers online, like on social media um, and locally. Uh, And I thought it'd be nice if we had a group where we could share our grievances (laughs) with being freelance writers, but also share our successes, share our top tips. Um, And so now that's been going for a couple of years uh, and it's grown and it's grown. We've now got people up in Manchester. We've got members in Egypt and um, we meet online. You know, during COVID, of course, we met online and we're just starting to meet in real life again. And um, what's lovely about the group is that we're now at the stage where we're swapping work between each other. So, you know, I've helped people out with bits of work. Uh, If somebody comes to me and says, uh, could you write this for me? It's a travel piece. You know, if I'm feeling a bit tight on time, um, I'll very often just pass it over to the travel travel writers that I know, because I just know they are much more experienced at writing about travel. So ultimately the customer's gonna get a better better product. And, and, and they'll, it'll take them much less time than it would take me. I mean, I always love writing about different things and I absolutely love learning, which I think is the sort of key to my success is that I, I love learning about people's businesses and, and stories and industries. Um, but sometimes it's just, it's more efficient to pass it on to the people that can get it done really quickly um, and, and, you know, do a really great job. I hadn't realised. That's, that's the writers group. Yeah, so they're a, a sort of support network for me. I was going to say, I hadn't realised you were international now in your writer's group. Yes, just the one international, but yes. But I think that's, you, you've made some really important points there. The, the first being about the fact that networking has a very scary reputation because we all think about it in terms of walking into, you know, a room of men in suits who are, you know, all trying to sell you stuff. 
And actually, it's not. It's much more about chatting and listening as well, because people love to talk about themselves. And by them talking about themselves, there are things that you can pick up that you can then help them with later and that you know they remember you as being the sort of kind and helpful person who listened to them rather than the person who tried to sell them things um and and the fact that we all need a supportive network it's a very it can be very isolating being in business on your own especially if you don't have a a a shop as it were where people come in the door that you can actually physically talk to when when lots of us are at uh, a sat at our desks doing things or the kitchen table or wherever it might be it's always good to have a network of people either in your industry or outside of your industry who who you can talk to about business things and you can help each other out and, and obviously some of it paid and some of it just a shoulder to lean on and to to rant to at times that you might need yeah. to yeah exactly exactly so i yeah i i absolutely love the writers group and i love what it's become which i didn't really know what it was going to be when we first started out um, and I still absolutely love meeting people and chatting to people and listening to their stories. That's one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm, I find fascinating. I'm probably quite nosy. Uh, you're not alone there. <laughs> <laughs> and I must admit, I was trying to think before this call how we even first met. I remember where we first met, but I can't remember actually what the connection was that put us in touch with each other. I don't know whether, can you? No, I was thinking that. I remember where we first met. I, I think you had heard about me. Ah, your reputation had preceded you. <laughs> okay, to finish, I just want to ask you a couple of quick questions. So okay. the first one, can you tell us your favourite podcast? And it doesn't have to be business. Um, I've got lots of really uh, good podcasts that I listen to. I love a crime podcast, a true crime podcast. But I also like listening to How to Fail by Elizabeth Day. And I really enjoy Gabby Logan's The Midpoint. I really like the guests that she has and kind of stuff that she talks about. It's really interesting. Again, for somebody nosy like me, both of them are just perfect. I'll have to check out the Gabby Logan one. I've certainly listened to Elizabeth Day before. And uh, yeah, I also uh, recommend that one. And uh, favourite business book or books? My favourite business book, without a doubt, is How to Build a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Um, I would, if you want to write your own web copy, I would definitely, definitely buy that book. Um, it's just, I think it's a foolproof guide as to sort of how to manage your website, how to look at marketing. Of course, you can add in your own bits of personality as you go along and there'll be parts of it that you're not so sure about, but I just think it speaks a lot of sense and, um, it's a book I go back to again and again. Yes, that's one that I have read as well and, uh, and, and love it too. Before I ask the final question, um, can you let us know where people can find you? So I am at www.carolinekings.com and I've got a lovely new website, uh, which wasn't built by Marie because it's on Squarespace. Um, and then I'm on social media. So I'm on Facebook, Twitter and um, Instagram as at Caroline Kings Writer. So that's quite simple to find me. Hopefully. And on LinkedIn, of course, if anybody wants to connect with me on LinkedIn. Brilliant. And the final question is, what is your top piece of business advice? Okay. My top piece of business advice would be to, to talk to people and to listen to what they've got to say and to not be afraid to, to ask for help, actually. 
So, um, you know, as I said, I've got a really, really strong network and there are times when you might be coming across a bit of a dilemma, you know, make sure you've got um, somebody or some people that you can go to either for that particular issue, like if it's a marketing issue or a finance issue, somebody that you can go to. If it's somebody more generic, like you just need advice, I have a, a brilliant business coach and she has helped me get through so many sort of, um, you know, times when I've been doubting myself um, or I'm not really sure which direction to take. So just make sure that you're not trying to soldier on on your own and you have got people around you that you can turn to for help. Because as you said, Marie, it can be a lonely journey for some of us who, you know, aren't sort of career business people, as in we've maybe had jobs before, it's a it's a new um, a new experience, and you know you're, you're going to make mistakes as you go along. So just make sure you've got people that you can talk to and turn to. Thank you. That's really good advice, and thank you ever so much for being my first ever podcast interview. Um, I've really enjoyed it, and I think people will take an awful lot out of it. So thank you very much. Thank you, Marie. I'm very flattered to be the first one. Thanks very much indeed. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business or scaling it. And see you next week.